It's February 2nd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, illegal migrants in New York City attacked, beat, and robbed police officers in that city. We're going to talk about what happened, what Democrat leaders in that city are saying this morning, and what can possibly be done with migrants like these guys. Second, more news about those South American crime rings that we discussed on Wednesday. But this time, it's Colombian nationals who are robbing states throughout our union, not just those Chileans. Third, some fresh polling data about the state of our union. That's coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Finally, developing news out of Ukraine this morning about a major shakeup of their military leadership and what that means for you. Later, we end on some good news for our Friday morning. News about dogs, exercise, and something good out of the state of California, which is so refreshing. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. Seven illegal migrants were arrested this week after they attacked, beat, and robbed two New York City police officers. The assault began on Saturday when the two officers asked the illegals to politely move. They were standing near the new Amsterdam Theater just off of Times Square, which is just a few blocks from where thousands of other illegal aliens just like them are housed. Well, at least one of these men, ages 19 to 24, by the way, decided that they didn't want to move. Well, that escalated the situation with the men then jumping on the two cops, beating them, kicking them in the heads when they fell down. At one point, a cell phone of one of the officers came flying out of his pocket. One of the illegals picked it up and ran off with it. The men were identified and later arrested, booked at the Midtown South Precinct. But when they were released, photographers captured at least two of these men flipping off the cameras with the third laughing at their buddy and the circus atmosphere of it all. Clearly, they were unbothered by being arrested or charged with these very serious crimes. Two other suspects do remain at large as of this morning. We shall see if they get tracked down. Meanwhile, at a news conference on Wednesday, NYPD Chief of Patrol John Chell said that the attacks were reprehensible and that the suspects were cowards. As for New York's uh, political leaders, no word yet from the Democrat mayor, at least as of this recording that I could find. As for New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, she condemned the attacks, although she was later asked whether these thugs should be deported because they are illegal aliens. And she said this, quote, I mean, if someone commits a crime against a police officer in the state of New York and they're not here legally, it's definitely worth checking into whether we can deport them, end quote. Well, that is unlikely to happen. And here is why. For years, federal deportation officials with ICE have sent thousands of requests to New York City to turn over illegal migrants for ICE detention. But as of this moment, Democrat leaders in New York City have turned over zero illegals to ICE, as in not one in at least five years. That said, the illegals who attacked these NYPD officers may still face punishment. That all depends on the prosecutors and the judges involved, including one guy named Alvin Bragg. And that matters. He has previously committed to a concept called restorative justice and something called community-based healing. He has also vowed to avoid prosecuting crimes like resisting arrest. Now, the NYPD union blasted Mr. Bragg about two years ago when he announced these policies, saying that there were 
already too many people who believe that they can get away with crimes, including resisting arrest, and they face zero consequences. So will that include these illegal aliens who are getting arrested for beating up cops? Will they get off scot-free? Well, we shall see. And those are the latest facts and data on the migrant crisis in this country. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. First, if you didn't hear of this story, it's not your fault. No mainstream outlets other than Fox News have covered this. And there is a very clear reason for that. You, my friends, are not supposed to know that your country has been invaded or that if illegals commit any crimes in places like New York City, they may go unpunished or certainly not deported. And yet, word is spreading through independent podcasts like mine or social media outlets like Twitter, also known as X, or also through neighborhood watch groups. And that is a great thing. Second, this issue of illegals committing crimes and mocking our criminal justice system, that is going to get worse. And here's a part of the reason for why. The majority of illegals coming into this country are single men and mostly young men. And that is a group that we already have a serious problem with in this country, given the record number of single moms who are raising kids. As listeners might recall, America has more single parents than any other nation in the world. And that means that you already have a nation that is a, a cauldron of troubled young men, especially in urban areas and especially black and brown kids. They have no dads, little guidance on what it means to be a man, and generally uh, no religion to keep them on the straight and narrow. And then you add in these illegals who've got no education to speak of or any skills to provide them with a good, decent paying job. So of course these young men will engage in criminality. And of course you're gonna find them beating up cops and laughing at the cameras afterward because they're feral animals, not because they are foreign or illegal aliens, but because they are lost young men that have no one to guide them or teach them on how to be men. And that is why this will get worse. Third, let's talk about what Governor Hochul said about whether these illegals should be deported. Let's get back to what she said, quote, if someone commits a crime against a police officer in the state of New York and they're not here legally, it's definitely worth checking into deporting them, end quote. Checking into it. That is the best that she could muster when cops are attacked. Check into it. Like she heard there's a, a sale at Macy's and she wants to check into it. So we know, ladies and gentlemen, that she is lying about deporting those illegals because the data show very clearly that New York City has not responded once to the thousands of requests by ICE officials to do so. Not one request. And we all know why. But just as a reminder of what we discussed back in August, every illegal alien counts towards more political power. And that is because every 10 years when the U.S. Census is taken, those illegals are counted. The census captures residents, not citizens. And based on that number, Federal dollars then get dispersed, and here it is, House seats in Washington, D.C. get apportioned. So that means that there is an incentive to limit deportations for the Democrat Party. And that is the game that Governor Hochul is playing here, and she knows it. All right, well, how do we fix that? Because over time, if you don't, your electoral power, the people who were born and raised here, proper Americans, your electoral power will be stolen from you and your country along with it say nothing of the rampant criminality of all those lost young men. Well, here are a few things for us to consider this morning, how to fix it, and I will tell you, none of these things are easy. First, 
you have to change how the census is taken. And that will almost certainly require a change to the U.S. Constitution. And that's because the Supreme Court has limited the census from even asking whether a person is a citizen or not, let alone prevented them from being counted. But if you were able to change that by amending the Constitution to only count citizens, well, then that takes away the incentive that these leftists have to attract illegal aliens to their states to gain electoral power. And that takes us to our second fix. We have to change what's called birthright citizenship. As listeners probably know, right now the Constitution says that if you are born in the United States, then that automatically makes you a U.S. citizen. But that provision has been widely and wildly abused by crime rings and illegal aliens who sneak into this country while pregnant or quickly become pregnant and give birth here. And it is often described as birth tourism or the anchor baby visa. And it is especially popular in states like California with Chinese illegals. And that has to change. And we have to adopt what other nations in Europe and beyond do. They emphasize ancestry to determine citizenship, not birth. Which takes us to our third fix of the morning. In order to do the first two fixes, you are going to need politicians with a bunch of very strong spines. Plus, organizations like the Convention of States to amend the Constitution. Finally, you are going to need some deep-pocketed Americans who understand that unless we fix this by these constitutional amendments, then we are going to lose this country. So they are going to have to fund organizations like the Convention of States or the politicians who understand the moment. Otherwise, my friends, we are going to have more people like those in New York City, illegals and otherwise, who flip off cameras and laugh after they beat police officers because, folks, they know one very simple thing. The country is now theirs. They know that Democrat governors and mayors will protect them from either justice or deportation or both. Meanwhile, we also know that leftist prosecutors like that Alvin Bragg will quickly release them back into the community uh, to restore justice, as they say. And then third and finally, sadly, the U.S. Constitution will protect these guys because our founders never envisioned this kind of abuse. So that's the problem, my friends, and those are your three solutions or ideas to fix it. As ever, getting constitutional amendments passed is a very tough process, and thank God for that, but it can and must be done. And that is why, in my view, I think you should work with your state legislators, because that is where this constitutional convention process starts. That's where we have to start to make these changes. Otherwise, you can reach out to that group called the Convention of States. Uh, that is uh, their whole reason for existence. The link to that outfit is in the transcripts. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. It is you and your financial support that are keeping this podcast alive. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. And I encourage you to do your part this morning and support the companies that support me. You will hear about them shortly. We'll be right back. Listeners like you have been asking me lately, Brian, you talk a lot about a troubled world and that makes me nervous. Help me get prepared. What should I do? Well, one company that I am so proud to partner with and tell you all about is Jace Medical. They provide life-saving prescription medications, including antibiotics, plus medicines for blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, and they give you up to a 12-month supply. Now, the key benefit to that is you can then put those medications on your shelves for either daily use or in cases of emergencies. 
And all it takes, folks, to get this great service is to go to jasemedical.com. It's J-A-S-E medical.com. Then you will fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, you'll have a quick phone call with one of their board certified physicians. And in no time flat, you will get medications delivered right to your doorstep. And that is a big deal for a number of my listeners, especially in rural and backcountry areas who say that Jace, they have just been a lifesaver and a time saver for them. Meanwhile, others have told me that they chose Jace because they were going abroad and it was just so easy to work with this company. Still others were worried about global supply chains, especially with China and India, and they wanted some medications on the shelf just in case. Well, whatever your motivation, folks, go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and enter promo code right at checkout. And that, of course, is W-R-I-G-H-T. And when you do, you are going to get a great discount on your order. Again, folks, that's promo code right at J-A-S-E medical.com. And do this today, folks. I promise it is money well spent. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a mix of domestic and international news. An update to Wednesday's report on South American crime tourists. As listeners will recall, we are allowing in tourists from places like Chile to come for 90 days, and they're operating some pretty vast crime rings all throughout this country, with at least eight states being attacked. So what they do is they scope out neighborhoods, and they often pretend to be yard workers or housekeepers, but they are not. As I shared with you, most of these crime rings are thugs from the country of Chile. But word is spreading about how lucrative this can be, and a lot more crime tourists are making their way to communities near you. And here's how we know that. On Monday morning, five people from the country of Colombia were arrested after one of their many break-ins of New York area homes. They were arrested on Long Island, trying to break into a house there with their vehicle full of the usual pieces of equipment that you would expect, like crowbars. But also this, they had a Wi-Fi scrambling device that can disable security cameras like Ring or garage door openers and so-called smart locks. These devices can also interrupt police radio signals. Three of the five foreigners are now being held on bail, while two were released with GPS ankle monitors, which I find somewhat ironic given their scrambling device. But nevertheless, those are the quick facts and data about this ongoing threat to your communities. I've got no additional analysis or assessment to give you folks. Instead, my counsel from Wednesday and back on December 14th remains the same. Ladies and gentlemen, get armed, get trained, and get prepared. Because I'll tell you, I have lived and traveled to countries like what America is now becoming whether that be South Africa, Nigeria, and many points beyond. And what I know is that it is going to get much worse before it gets better, if it gets better. More to come. Next, an update on the State of Our Union this morning with more polling confirming a few things that we have previously discussed. 
Reuters news service confirms that the number one concern of you and your fellow Americans remains the economy at 22%. Immigration, though, is up sharply, capturing second place with 17%. Meanwhile, 66% of Americans say that this country is on the wrong track, and that includes 47% of Democrats. Speaking of that party, Mr. Biden was in Michigan yesterday, although you would not know it from his official schedule. The White House refused to release details about that schedule out of fear that he would face some pretty big protests in Michigan from Muslims and Arabs in that state. But we do know that he met with officials with the United Auto Workers Union to celebrate their endorsement of him. But interestingly, he refused to meet any Michigan Muslims or Arabs. And that led Dearborn's mayor, Mr. Abdullah Hamoud, to blast Mr. Biden for leaving them in the cold. He also applauded the protesters who did manage to find Mr. Biden. They could be heard uh, chanting outside the building where he was at. They were celebrating the pro-genocide cheer of from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. No surprise there, though. As listeners know, polling shows that most American Muslims and Arabs largely support both Hamas and their terror attacks of October 7th, and they do so by a split of about 60% in favor of Hamas and those attacks to about 40% opposed. Well, no additional analysis to offer you this morning, just a continued bookmark that the state of our union is an unhappy one and that Mr. Biden's base continues to include those people who sympathize with terrorism. Next, we continue with our international focus this morning with a final stop in Ukraine, a country that stands to get another 60 billion of your dollars on top of the 100 billion or so that you have already committed, whether you like that or not. So let's talk about your investment this morning and how it is performing. Well, here we go. President Vladimir Zelensky is in a growing and nasty fight with his top general, Mr. Valery Zaluzhny. The general is regarded by virtually all Ukrainians as a war hero, having thwarted the initial invasion of Russia two years ago. His approval rating, this general, sits at about 90% nationally, and that is much higher than Mr. Zelensky. That might help explain this. We have reporting from Bloomberg News, Washington Post, CNN, Financial Times, and the New York Times that Mr. Zelensky plans to fire this general as soon as today. The president's office denies this story, although there is no denying that Mr. Zelensky and his general no longer see eye to eye on many important issues. For instance, the general, Zeluzny, believes that Russia has key strategic advantages, especially in the number of men that they can draft into this war, and that far outweighs Ukraine's pool of fighting age men that they can possibly draft. And that has led to his belief that the war is in a grinding stalemate, which only benefits the Russians. I should mention and re refresh our memories here that when the general made those comments just a couple of months ago, it tremendously angered Zelensky to the point that he criticized this very popular general, but he did it in public. And he said very clearly that Zeluzhny was wrong. Also dividing the two men this morning is how to recruit more Ukrainians to fight. There is a plan in Parliament that the general really wants that can be described as being pretty aggressive in terms of compelling men to fight. For example, it includes pulling men back who have fled abroad to avoid the draft. But Zelensky has been pretty noncommittal or even reluctant to support this bill. That's because he fears the political fallout from this law as many of Ukraine's men continue to bribe their way out of what they see to be a very impossible war. 
And that is why the general is very clear-eyed this morning about what likely comes next for his country. As he said recently, quote, there will most likely be no deep or beautiful breakthrough for Ukraine's forces, but instead an equilibrium of devastating losses and destruction. He also wrote an opinion piece uh, that came out yesterday at CNN that he said the West is running short of the war material that he needs. Uh, He realizes that their supply chains are exhausted. Plus, he admits that the West is running short of political patience to deliver much more. For what it's worth, analysts like a guy that I trust very much named Michael Kaufman, plus a bunch of others, say that if Zelensky does fire this general, it's not going to do much of anything, of course, to solve the strategic problems or the battlefield conditions. Rather, it's just a, a spasm of anger and despondency as Ukraine increasingly realizes their unhappy fate. So those are the latest facts and data on the war in Ukraine. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. This development is not going to come as a surprise to you. On this podcast and my last one, I have been warning for almost two years now that this terrible outcome would be what we would see for a variety of reasons. And that is why I have long encouraged us to call for an imperfect peace deal. Not because Putin was a good guy or his cause a righteous one. To the contrary, Putin is not a good guy and his cause is not righteous. Instead, there are just some blunt realities that we have to face. General Zaluzny is raising some of them for us this morning, but there are others. For instance, America's war machine and our native supply chains are either non-existent because we shipped those off to China years ago, or they're simply rusted out. Let me prove the point. 40% of the computer chips that we use in our military systems come from China. Or consider this. We have one factory left in the state of Louisiana that produces a particular type of gunpowder that is vital to the U.S. military. And when that one factory goes down, and it does, then we're stuck. And we're seeing this problem of supply chains manifest as we try to supply not only Ukraine, but also Taiwan. Israel and other nations around the world with a bunch of weaponry, and we just can't keep up. Nor can Europe. As I've briefed you all many times before, Europe's military factories are in even worse shape than ours. And their militaries, whew, not much better than a squadron of paper airplanes. And General Zelushny knows that. And yet, the slaughter continues on both sides. And that will not change, my friends, for this next simple reason. The White House and European powers are using Ukraine's men and that nation as a killing field to weaken the Russian government and their military for the sole purpose of regime change, at least based on Mr. Biden's speech that he gave in Poland back in March of 2022. That is what he said. Mr. Putin had to go. But here's the thing. Mr. Biden overplayed his hand. Like a lot of leaders in D.C., he and his Pentagon believed that this war in Ukraine was some sort of academic tabletop exercise. It was a, like a board game, Risk, where he could reorder the map of global power with a roll of a dice. But reality has arrived. And here it is. The Ukrainians are in far more trouble this morning than the Russians, economically and militarily. And while it is true that anything can happen on a battlefield and miracles are possible, let's certainly remember that, We should also remember and be honest with ourselves as General Zaluzhny is being honest with his own people this morning. This war, ladies and gentlemen, has gone sideways and there is no real way out of it in terms of a full Ukrainian victory. So we should think of that 
as Mr. Biden and U.S. senators this morning debate whether or not we should spend another 60 billion of your taxpayer dollars, especially as that money now holds up the defense of our southern border. And that just seems crazy to me to allow your own nation to be invaded while instead you focus on a different invasion 5,000 miles away that can't be stopped. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But let's not end today on a heavy piece of news from Ukraine. We've got some stuff to celebrate, be happy about. Let's do that. So let's cover that news, my friends, right after this next quick break. Welcome back to The Right Report with a few more happy things before I let you go. First, we start with some ways to lose weight and keep active, and it has to do with man's best friend. The University of Western Australia followed the lives of 600 children as they owned a dog. The kiddos ranged from age two to seven, with half of them having dogs. The other half, though, had either no dogs or only a dog for part of this three-year study. What researchers found was both overwhelming and crystal clear, kids who had dogs moved around a lot more often than the kids who didn't. And it corresponded, of course, as you would imagine, with things like dog walks or playing in the yard or the house or running after a sock or a shoe. Now, this is interesting. This gain of physical benefit was most especially seen in girls. If they didn't have a dog, they tended to be uh, much more sedentary, which I would imagine means that boys are just little wiggle worms no matter what. And that does make sense. The researcher said that this was not a call for everybody to go out and get a dog, but rather that if you have the space, the budget, and the inclination, dogs are a great way to get the kiddos moving and into good health. I should note that this is not only true for kids, it's true for adults as well. Adult dog ownership results in more exercise and healthy bodies for older people, especially for those age 60 and up. And speaking of, there's also this benefit, a pet of any kind in our older years tends to help us to stave off dementia. So look at that. If you can or want, get a dog this weekend or take one for a walk. Next up, if you are interested in getting that dog or a pet, but you want to get some exercise in to lose a few pounds, well, I've got another form of exercise for you, dancing, whether that be with others or all by yourself. Researchers found that any dancing of any kind promotes weight loss, muscle tone, balance, and coordination. They added that most of the weight loss was fat, and that's nice, which resulted in at least one inch off the waistline. So there you have it. Get to dancing or, hey, maybe you could dance with a dog. You could double the caloric benefits. I, I think that's how science works. Anyway, and finally this morning, a story that made me smile, coming from the state of California, which never makes me smile. On January 1st, the state of California mandated that kids in the third grade and above had to learn cursive. A former elementary school teacher got that bill passed, hoping to inspire kids to rediscover the ancient form of human contact that we call writing letters. Apparently, some very smart people say that cursive helps to improve brain development, reading comprehension, and fine motor skills. Students were later asked by Reuters News Service what they thought about this strange form of language that is cursive. One student said that they were excited because they could now read the U.S. Constitution, which is so great. Meanwhile, we have Sophie, who was nine. She said that it's just fancy, especially the letter Z. 
Next, another boy said that he uses cursive to write out his secrets because nobody knows cursive anymore, which is pretty smart. The CIA should hire that guy. Finally, one boy said this, I use cursive to read my mom's writing, which is just adorable. But it obviously means that mom is going to have to find a new way to convey some secrets to dad. By the way, I recommend Invisible Ink. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you on Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.